walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of the Shock Factor podcast, where I, Stephen Shock, am joined by the beautiful, handsome, great smelling, supple, supple duo. Of Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Guys, how are we doing today? I did not know that a duo could be described mm. as great smelling or supple. Mm. But I appreciate that, Steve. We've spent a lot of time together. Our time together is, is coming to a close here as we sit here uh, once again at the Dell Diamond 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 Dome uh, here in Round Rock, Texas. The Round Rock Classic is over. Uh, on this episode of the Shock Factor, we are going to recap the final day here at Dell Diamond, as well as everything else that happened in college baseball, or at least some percentage of it, as we were obviously here at these games. But uh, some other stuff caught our attention. I'm very excited to talk about all of that. Um, so we're going to, again, we're, we'll start, though, with the, with the games we saw here, and then we'll start uh, bouncing around uh, this great college baseball nation and, uh, and hit some news along the way. And, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about a lot of this stuff. Uh, but, Jake, how are you, you doing okay? I mean, we have to say goodbye to Steve tomorrow. I'm sad. We'll go to the airport together, though, so that's nice. I'm bummed out about it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't yeah. want to go back to the real world. Yeah. I mean, my dogs and wife I miss, but... I like, I like being at the baseball field with you guys. It yeah. is better to have loved and lost friendship at the baseball field than never to have had friendship at the baseball field at all. That's what my mom always said to me growing up. That's uh, as true as ever. But, Steve, we will enjoy this one last uh, evening together. Um, one final night. Yeah, I'm, this is going to be great, man. I'm, I'm excited. But let's do this podcast, guys. Let's do it. Let's, let's record a podcast. All right. So uh, we had two more games here at the Round Rock Classic. We began this afternoon with Iowa against Kansas State. And finally, honestly, relative to the rest of the weekend, we got a nice little quality ball game. We were wondering who was going to win at multiple times during the game. All weekend, we have been watching Disney films where the outcome feels predestined and obvious. But that game with Iowa and Kansas State was an M. Night Shyamalan adventure. Uh, and Steve, uh, now I will say at the beginning, you know, I was up up four nothing pretty early, and I'm like, oh god, Kansas State. I mean, this was just a tough go. But the Wildcats fought back in the middle of this game. You know, the Iowa pitching was a little a little shaky, and they they kind of fought their way back in it. So we can talk about some of our favorite moments from this game. But but what stood out to you from this this final showing of Iowa and, and K State? It was just a tough battled out game, which in college baseball, winning on Sunday is so important. You're playing your big games, your conference tournament games on Sundays. You got to learn how to win deep into weekends. Jesus won on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. He gets a whole hour every every week now on Sundays, I believe. So, you know, winning on Sunday is important, and Iowa did just that. They it wasn't you know a clean cut game, but they just found a way to win. Uh, was the way Keaton Anthony just depositing baseballs over the fence? Yeah. But is it a way to win? Also, yes. Iowa was up, like you said, Jordan, early in this ballgame, and they got a little bit sloppy for the first time this weekend. When they lost to Sam Houston on Friday night, Sam Houston just bludgeoned them. They just beat them, right? But they started letting things slip away, but they, they hung around, like you said, Steve. They went down, they came back, they tie it. And the big swing of the game was the Keaton Anthony solo shot in the top of the ninth to give Iowa a 6-5 to lead they would not relinquish. And the notable thing about that to me, 
for that hit and a double that he had earlier on. I believe he ended up scoring mm-hmm. after that double. Yep. Both of those balls were pulled. Mm-hmm. One of our big takeaways, I think, from this weekend is that Keaton Anthony is a dude. That being said, he had not really smoked anything to the pull side yet this weekend. A lot of that power was oppo. But for that one, he got his barrel out in front, pulled his hands inside, and took it out to the pull side. Very impressive. Yeah, he was awesome. And K-State offense, the middle of the order, I know obviously they're missing Culpepper, but the 0 for 12 from Hughes, Goodwin, Pena, not going to get it done. They were kind of manufacturing runs earlier in the game. It was nice to see. I will say Pena made a really nice play at third, which was nice because that was obviously a huge issue um, in their game on Saturday. But um, Iowa just kind of had definitely playing with a lot more confidence. And, and Anthony was, was just a good – he was a dude this weekend, man. He was he was awesome. I'm excited to watch him for the rest of the season. So And shouts um, out to Zach Volker. Who oh, He came yes. in out of the bullpen. I think he threw, what, four and two-thirds? Uh, he threw five. He threw um, – I mean, he was uh, – yeah, five and two-thirds. with longer five. Longer than the starter. Um, and he was – I believe he's a Long Beach State transfer. And, and yeah. Man. Well, that's, that's why they felt comfortable having him go long. Because he's from the beach state. Yeah, the longest beach. Yes. What's the, the long reliever beach state? What's the longest relief outing you had in your life, Steve? S- five and two thirds innings. So like him, I got walked like off. Z- on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you, you pushed it a little, a little far. What was the context there? Uh, the context was we were playing Missouri. I came in in oh, the seventh. Um, and you're, I you're, think it was tied. And your I friends at the Retrievers going. weren't exactly giving you rent support. No, it, we went into extras a little bit there, and then they walked it off on a fly ball that got lost in the lights. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, Sorry, it Steve. sounds like a great <laughs> evening at the yard. So, Iowa, very impressive performance from them all weekend long. Kyle Huxdorf, their center fielder, yep. can absolutely boot scoop. Yeah. He's, he's one of those lunatic players. He got hit in the head with a pitch, just bounced right back up, like jogged to first. After, after a concussion test. Yeah, yeah. They checked him out, mostly. How many fingers am I holding up? He said 73. Yeah, no, which kidding. is close. He, he seemed fine. And was, all the precautions were taken. He was yeah. good, man. And he, he had a uh, earlier in the game, he, or maybe this was earlier was, this weekend, uh, he almost caught, I think it was against Cruz, I think, yesterday. He ran a ball down in left center. It did, didn't quite catch it, but it was a crazy, crazy, crazy effort. Super fun to watch him uh, defend and, and, and run the bases. So, yeah, a lot of these guys on this Iowa team really, really caught our attention. So, I mean, in the Big Ten, man, I, I imagine they'll have a good good shot. I've only been doing this college baseball prognostication thing for a couple of years, but I have to say Iowa does smell like a regional team mm-hmm. if they can get some of those bats down the order behind Huxdorf, Dorigi, also, and Anthony clicking a little bit. Right. Also, we saw Langenberg bad. But, like, Langenberg is a guy, you know, he's a draft guy this year for sure. And, like, I'm sure he's going to get better as the season goes on. So, um, yeah, no, I, I was impressed. I, I definitely like the Hawkeyes. Uh, on the other hand, Kansas State, they do some things well. Weekend to forget. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if, they, if they're if they having injury issues, like, if Culpepper's actually going to be out for a while, like, that's, yeah. that's bad. The um, pitching was fine, but the defense was bad. And that's a bad combo. Yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of need defense to elevate the pitching, and you need pitching to elevate defense. You know, they kind of go hand in hand. But if you're missing one of those elements, you're typically going to have a pretty rocky time. Salt without pepper, ketchup without mustard, Jake without Steve. Aw. All right, well, on that weirdly uh, adorable note, we move on to second game of the day, which was LSU and Sam Houston. Now, yesterday we saw Iowa. 
give LSU their first loss of the year and Sam Houston just doing the exact same thing that they did to Iowa except K-State. So we were like, oh shit, here we go. Sam Houston, can they go undefeated here at Dell Diamond? More like scam Houston State. <laughs> Whoa, hey, come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Let's, 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 let's get They weren't slam Houston. Though. They were not. Uh, they could have used a few more grand slams and they still might have lost. Sham uh, Houston? <laughs> no, they were great. I, listen, th- this is a concept that Jake and I have talked about uh, plenty of times. The idea of an angry win. Yeah. And you piss off LSU. Uh, you, you might. Now listen, they didn't piss off LSU. Iowa pissed off LSU. But Sam Houston and, and poor Logan Hewitt, you know, their Sunday starter, who was a reliever last year, I mean, he, he's just kind of getting thrown out there. And it's like, hey, Logan, do your best, man. And, you know, nine hits, eight runs. I mean, LSU, 23 hits, <laughs> 16 runs. Um, they all hit how many homers? Four, I believe. Brandon um, Joe Bear had two. Just three. Just three homers, but Dylan Cruz, five for six. Three doubles, including two that were basically through the center field wall. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was, a, it was a complete effort by the LSU Tigers offense. And I'm glad we got one of these games. And I know it wasn't the best arm. We saw Sam Houston's earlier arms were really good, but this was basically exactly as we expected. And uh, again, not very tense, but it was cool to see the maybe the best offense in the country just absolutely go ham. Steve? Yeah, it was, it was nice to see LSU be the team that we all know they can be. Yeah. And I expect to see a lot more of that. Unfortunately for Sam Houston, a team that I'm absolutely in on, Mm -hmm. they had to deal with the brunt of, you know, Iowa kind of poking poking the tiger. And as you know, your Midwestern friends poke the tiger, you get the horns. (laughs) So, yeah, the Uh, horns came. It was... Man, oh man! I mean, they were just dude, Cruz is just so ridiculous. I mean, like we knew it. I know he didn't end up homering, wins tournament MVP. I think he had nine hits in the three games. Everything was just smoked, and and each each at bat, the launch angle was going up a little bit to the point where we were we thought we were getting to a homer, um, but not quite. Yeah, you could have homered tomorrow. Yeah, you definitely would have yes. homered. Tomorrow. I I would be very worried uh, for the Texas Longhorns on Tuesday. I could imagine <laughs> Dylan Cruz might have something to say about that. But Jake, what were your takeaways from this game? I loved the differential, the run differential situation that we had oh, at yes. the end of the ball game, which we should explain. So the Round Rock uh, Classic here is a tournament that does sort of have a winner, even though it doesn't actually matter. There is a very cool wrestling style belt that is handed out to the team that emerges victorious. And because it is just three games, uh, run differential comes into play. And heading into the final game, an LSU win, and I believe plus ten from LSU. Eleven. They plus needed, eleven. They needed eleven, and they they needed eleven. They ended up with twelve, and they ended up with twelve. And so with runners on first and second, in the in the top of the ninth, Carlos Contreras, I believe, was up. Bottom, bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. Yeah. was up with two guys on and a chance. He to, could have won it for Iowa. He could have won the <laughs> tournament for Iowa, but he ended up flying out. And LSU leaves with the belt, which is, yes. I'm sure, what that's, they were that's thinking That's what they came into the season trying to win. But no, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was a little goofy subplot in an otherwise blowout. Yeah, every, everybody knows LSU has been having problems keeping their pants up this season. So that belt's going to come in. <laughs> that's form. true. That's very true. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, the other just – individual moment we got to talk about is the Jared Jones homer. Oh my God. Oh wow. Um, just straight down the line, basically like over the foul pole to where people were a little confused if it was a home run or not, but Bryce Harper, Hunter Strickland. Style. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think it got to the second, the second level uh, in left field here in Dell diamond. And yeah, I mean, again, we, we've seen him already do this uh, in, in the regular season so far and we saw it in fall ball and, and yeah, he's definitely the freshman that I am 
fully paying attention to. I would say the one disappointment from this weekend with LSU is we didn't we didn't get to see Christian Little, um, and that's kind of or how Thatcher hurt. or Thatcher heard. And I, but I think that one we weren't totally expecting. But Little, it seemed like would pitch at some point, and maybe if this game was closer, we would have seen him. But presumably, we'll see him on Tuesday against Texas. So that was a little disappointing. It's just kind of how the pitching lined up. Um, but Shores, hey, Shea Shores was throwing crazy hard. I mean, he was <laughs> I only pitched two innings, but he was. I, you're, you're, Jake's unimpressed. But Shea Shores, the freshman, throwing ninety nine. I mean, gonna be a face like, I don't know. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, it was an underwhelming ninety nine. Okay, which uh, is maybe of course. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, crazy. Like they were barreling him up. They barreled him up like three or four times in the first inning. Yeah, he didn't have any strikeouts. No, it's he true. didn't have any strikeouts. But to me, I was like, whatever. He's a six-eight freshman who is in his second game. Well, no, like, it's, it's incredible to watch. I'm yes. not trying to downplay that, but it is the type of. It was a reason that he's starting the third game, right? Sure. If it's like, oh, well, there's a six-eight freshman throwing 99. Like, why is this guy starting game three only after the other game two starter got TJ? Right. Well, the reason is because. There's a little bit of work to do there. Now, thankfully, as we've talked about, they have the best pitching coach maybe in the world. And I would feel pretty confident on Chase Shores figuring yeah, things for, out and being a dominant pitcher at some point this season for yeah. LSU. Yep, I agree. Uh, Steven, anything else on this one before we start going around uh, the country? No, just LSU is really good at baseball, plain and simple. And uh, Sam Houston should be very, very happy with their weekend here. Um, that's uh, – Totally realistic and reasonable performance for the Bearcats with a K. Now, before we take a break, we need to talk about what I would say is the biggest story in college baseball of the weekend, and that is the Tony Vitello kerfuffle situation jamboree going on in Knoxville. There are many rumors flying around like a middle school field trip. So we're going to do our best to kind of lay things out where they are without getting in to guesswork. Is that okay? Does that work for everybody? Yeah. I mean, I, it's like we, I feel like we have so little information that it feels ridiculous to speculate too much. I'm just going to read from the ESPN article. This is, I believe, also from the Associated Press. Okay. Tony Vitello was suspended for the Volunteers Weekend Series while university officials Vitello and the NCA handle a violation in the program. Okay. They also said that while the suspension was for those three games, it is not only just those three games. They said they would reevaluate tomorrow. So maybe by the time you're hearing this, you have more information. The right. upshot is that Vitello was unavailable for the team's weekend series against Dayton, in which they absolutely sl- slapped the Flyers around without him. The other thing at play is that Maui Ahuna, who is a potential first-round pick, one of the top transfers in the country, has not yet been cleared to play for Tennessee after transferring. There are some rumors that... It seems likely that these are related in yes. <laughs> situations. That's all we really need to say. And the, my biggest takeaway here is that this is just unfortunate. And as we should, are always thinking about, it just sucks for the player. Is it possible That's there it. were some mistakes that were made? Probably. Well, um, based on what we've heard, like Maui Ahuna did nothing wrong exactly. and is being punished. Exactly. And that's just really shitty. And, I mean, Steve, like, I, I'm sure that's your takeaway, too. Like, you just want to watch the kid play baseball. Yeah, let the kids play. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good saying in baseball, and I think the NCAA should hear it. Because Maui Ahuna is fun to watch. He's must-watch TV when he's playing baseball. Right. And I can't watch. Right? <laughs> no, I'm as pro-Tennessee generally as anybody. But I understand if I'm playing against Maui Ahuna letting him play if there are violations like I'd be like that's not 
maybe not fair if you're facing him. But on the other hand, right, like I understand Tennessee not playing him right now if they have that choice because there is a situation like if he they play him and he's not cleared, they would then have to forfeit those games yeah, in which he's played. Right? It's not it's not worth it. And I mean, obviously that they're doing they're doing okay. I know they had the slow starts of the weekend. And I I watched them twice and I was a little underwhelmed. Since they lost to GCU, they've outscored their opponents 62 to 4. <laughs> so now I know that they've not played the best teams, but like they, I, as I said, like they're going to go home and, and be fine. But but the bigger issue is just like it's it, as much as we want to watch Maui Huna, he's most important. But like having Tony V like not available too, like he's also part of the must watch element for Tennessee. Tony V is in this whole situation is a great example of multiple things can be true. Tony V is an awesome college baseball character in fact i would say he is maybe the best he is the best college baseball character he's like a wwe character that you either love him or you hate him right everyone has an opinion but the fact that everyone has an opinion about this guy means that that he is good for college baseball right he makes headlines he makes highlights he is interesting he is compelling he creates storylines and narratives and at the same time tony v rubs a lot of people the wrong way particularly inside the game you talk to people, you talk to coaches, there are a lot of coaches out there who do not like this guy because of how he handles himself. And I understand how that could be a little scratchy if you're trying to out-recruit Vitello for a kid and he, you know, pulls his Vitello magic, which may or may not be fishy or, you know, I get that. But at the same time, like, for the whole of college baseball, having this guy around and involved is the best thing for the game. I agree. I think whether you love him or hate him, you're watching him. You know, that's how it is with all of Tennessee. And I feel like there's a big problem in baseball with how we define fun. Because I think what Tennessee does, I think that's probably a blast. That seems like a lot of fun. There's other coaches who probably think, that's not fun. I hate this. And their version of fun is, I don't know, going home and reading a book. That's fine. But that's not everyone's version of fun. And Tony V, a lot of people agree he's a fun guy, you know? And we should be able to see that. Are you being anti? Steve felt like he was being anti-book, <laughs> anti-literature, which is a hilarious thing to be on a <laughs> college baseball podcast. The last thing I want to say before we uh, take a quick break is like, there's no way that Vitello is the only guy, the only program committing any like this type of malfeasance, and there's no way that he is the the worst infractor. Maybe he is, maybe he yeah, is, I but feel- like it just feels weird that. He's the face of it right now. I don't know. I feel like if he were the worst, we would already know about it. Because, you know, with their whole program, with people not liking them, they're going to be under a microscope. Microscope. They have a target on their back. And, you know, in, in that, you're going to be open to scrutiny and things like that. Yeah. And the NCAA taking a look at what you're doing. And I think that might just be what's going on. Well, I would imagine uh, there. I think there might be a chance that the microscope continues for Tony V because yeah, so people that, are going to be lining up with their again. Defenses. But again, as as we said, like well, by the time we listen to this on Monday, we'll probably have a better sense for how long he's suspended for. What we just care about is get the Huna back on the field. Hopefully, like yes. this should not extend, especially after the opening weekend. We're like, oh, he'll be back soon. Like. I understand why they're being careful, but it just sucks for everyone. If you're listening to this on Monday and news has come out that Tony Vitello gave an elderly woman a swirly or, you know, uh, pushed over a child, then, like, yeah, we can re- we retract everything we said. Yeah, I'm just betting on the under for both of those. 
Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back talking about the t- all the whatever 290-plus teams that were not <laughs> at the Round Rock Classic this weekend. Today's show is brought to you by NIL Face Tattoos. Are you a college baseball player looking to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness? Are you interested in advertising a product and or service in a location that everyone, including your grandmother, can see? Do you want to get asked, what is on your face for the rest of your life? Then you should try NIL face tattoos. Whether it's a local car dealership on your forehead, a pharmaceutical company on your chin, or the Taco Bell logo under each of your eyes, there is no better way to take advantage of your natural real estate than with an NIL face tattoo. NIL face tattoo. We got Post Malone in the transfer portal. <laughs> uh, thank you, as always, to uh, all these great causes that have supported this pod this season. If you could be uh, sponsored by one NIL face tattoo brand, who would it be? Mm. I would probably say McCarthy's Inc. Good call. Monsters Inc. Oh, that's a great name for a tattoo parlor. Monster. Monsters Inc. Inc. We could retire mm, and just do that. Do you yeah. know how to make tattoos? That's got to exist, man. It's got to exist Inc. somewhere, right? Maybe Monstrous Ink. <laughs> that's, that's a good <laughs> To edit. avoid copyright infringement. <laughs> that's a good edit. But that's the a good edit. end is smaller. Uh, okay. That's so good, Steve. Thanks, man. Let's, um, let's move on to our second half of the show. Uh, we're going to do something every week, which is... <laughs> Steven, you want actually, me to handle this please one? Introduce it. Steve, please introduce it. I came up with, with a segment with the help of Jake called Stephen Shock's Giblet Ticklers Team of the Week. And this week, we have no one other than the Portland Pilots, who came but oh so close to a sweep of the Aggies of Texas A&M. And yeah, that, they tickled my giblets. So they tickled your giblets? Yes. Yeah. yeah so you you kind of just like said that. Like, oh, yeah, they just, you know, Do almost people swept the Aggies in College Station, the Portland Pilots, uh, who opened their season last week with a uh, road series win over the newly named Utah Tech. So that, they weren't exactly on our radar last week. Now it's like, oh, okay, here come the Pilots flying on down to College Station. MLB expansion-ass team name, yeah, Portland Pilots. Yeah, truly. Um, but they won decisively 10-3 to on Friday, 4-1 to on Saturday, and then had the lead for much of Sunday's game before being walked off in a very frustrating fashion. But let's stay positive, Steve. Why do you love the pilots going down to College Station and whooping some SEC butt? Just because they won the games in ways that I feel like the SEC isn't used to seeing games being won by, which is they got walked a ton of times, eight times, had one extra base hit, Shout out to Nick Klemp with yes. that double. That's talk, sick. Talk about him in a second, yeah. And they still managed to score 10 runs on nine hits. They had two errors, but it clearly didn't matter because they still won. I wanted to give a special shout out to Nick Klemp, who was 5 for 10 with two doubles in those first two wins before uh, unfortunately going hitless in the Sunday game. But Nick Klemp, oh, I say the name Nick Klemp, what do you think? N-I-C-K, N-I-C, N-I-K. No, N-I-C-H. Have you ever seen Nick spelled N-I-C-H? I mean, you know, that is Nicholas. A, and, and, is but, it Nitch Klemp? <laughs> it's a pretty niche way to spell Nick. <laughs> niche is it Nitch Klemp? I would like, yeah, he should go by that. Um, this guy before today was leading the country in hits. 
He had a ton against Utah Tech. He had 18 hits coming into the game today um, through six games. Uh, again, hitless today. But, yeah, Nish Klemp. I mean, <laughs> we'll, call him, we'll call him that. Uh, that's No, it was, it was great. And, and you know, it was, it was really frustrating to see them, you know, A&M come back and, and you know, play that probably should have been made at least to, to tie it, uh, to keep the game tied on the walk-off hit. But, hey, still a very – can lots to be proud of for the Portland Pilots. I want to be clear, nothing against A&M. Uh, we just like it when upsets happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is part of the deal. You're ranked number five in the country, lose at home, we're going to talk about it. I kind of love this team, this Portland Pilots team. It's just a lot of, like, Northwest guys, obviously, because it's, it's Portland. But it just seems like a very fun group, like Washington State, Oregon – Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, Oregon, Oregon. Like Washington. Nick Klemp is a Northwestern JUCO guy. So these a... are these are all the players who were slighted by the four Power Five schools in these states. Um, yes, so very impressive performance by the Pilots. I know they're I'm sure they're frustrated by the ending, but still very impressive. Uh, all right, Steve. A lot of other exciting uh, moments uh, around the the college baseball world this weekend. We're going to start with some of the other teams that caught our attention. So we're going to run through these a little bit quickly. Uh, Oklahoma State rolling out back-to-back no-hitters midweek against Cal Baptist. And then against, who was the game against this weekend? I'm already forgetting who they were playing. Loyola Marymount. Uh, Now, I know LMU bounced back and won the game on Saturday. But back-to-back no-hitters, is that good, Steve? What do you think? Back-to-back no-hitters, yeah, that's good. If you're pitching... Yeah, if you're pitching, if you're hitting, not not good. Not good. Okay, got it. Nice. Well, you aren't hitting. No one's hitting, actually. <laughs> no hitting. And that's the problem for those times. <laughs> um, these two, I know you're very happy about, Steve. Uh, USC and West Virginia getting series dubs. I know you took these very personally in a positive way. So tell me about you were extra, why you were extra excited to see Southern California and, uh, and West Virginia take, take those series. Because for whatever reason, my friends at Division1Baseball.com have allowed me to vote in the weekly polls of who I think is going to win. And Pick sometimes them. when... You'd be picking them. Yeah, I'd, I'd be picking and just like a little kid with a clogged nose, I'd be picking. Um, but, but, but the difference is Steve is wiping his genius boogers all over the rest um, of the D1 staff. Yeah, not to flex on everyone, but everyone else did not choose USC and West Virginia except me, and they both won. Dumbasses. Did I pick them because I felt bad that no one else picked them? A little bit. That factored in. Um but I know, I know a guy on USC. I know a guy who was kind of at West Virginia for a little bit. And I follow one guy from West Virginia on TikTok. It takes, it takes J- so little. Yeah. It takes so little to get and Steve on your side. It's your really easy. Sam Houston gave me a shirt today. I'm wearing it for the rest of my life. Um, but until, until he gets another free shirt next week. Yeah, and then I will wear that one for the rest of my life. But no, they, they just they did good. You know, shouts out to West Virginia. Started on the road. They've been on the road to start the year. They have not They're, played a home game yet. Obviously, they had a freshman JJ Weatherholt steal home. Uh, mm. Sophomore, but he sophomore. is he is amazing. Mm. That guy yeah. is a draft guy to know for next year. Awesome baseball name. Awesome baseball player. They beat Maryland midweek, and then yeah, they went to went to Arizona and, and, and took the first two. Lost today by a bunch, but I'm just seeing now that that uh, USC after beating Irvine midweek and then Auburn first. They they tied today. Who? They tied with uh, Auburn. Yeah. 
travel. <laughs> travel. Man. They tie with that. like, okay, we got to go. Got to catch a bus. Got to blank. Yeah, got to quit. So nope, we can't lose. We can't <laughs> lose. Packing up. So uh, undefeated this weekend at Auburn for Southern California. Maybe they're back. Ooh, Trojans back? Mm. No. Steve, how do you feel about Trojans back? I don't know if the Trojans are back. Um, but they're, they're are you going to keep picking them? But now it's like, if they keep showing up, the real question is, yeah, if everyone else on the D1 baseball staff picks against them, yeah. <laughs> we'll zig, when they zig, you zag. I hope that one week it's like Gonzaga against LSU and everyone else pits LSU so you can literally zag. You know what would happen? The zags would pull it off. Yeah. It's magic. I just don't want a team to see the graphic and be like, man, shit. No one picked us. No, but they love that. That's the other thing. Yeah. They actually kind of want that. They want to. They want to tell you that. No one picked <laughs> us is is so much more inspiring than only Steve picked us. I don't know. I don't know. Can you imagine like pregame? Listen, guys. No one but Steve believes in this team except Steve. Except Steve. Except Steve. Steve believes in us. But nobody no else. No one else. They're in... counting. They're counting us out. Steve believes in us. But everyone else. All says the that guys we who know baseball really good in that company <laughs> said we're gonna lose. But Steve. Steve that said guy. we might not. <laughs> the guy with the funny interview, he likes us, I guess. Um, so we're going to keep, honestly, Steve, keep it up. I love this bit. Keep doing it. It's, I, it's, favorite. it's an obvious win-win for you, and I love it. Keep it going. All right. Um, <laughs> Let's go down on to Hattiesburg, uh, where Illinois took a series win at Southern yeah. Miss, despite those just awful vest uniforms they were wearing mm. on Saturday. I really just despise those. But they won on Friday and won on Sunday and took Southern Miss to the brink in a unhinged 14-13 to 13 ball game on Saturday night. As Elton John said, Saturday night, Saturday night, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, that was, those are the words. But it wasn't all right. It seemed like it was the opposite of all right. <laughs> it was all right if you uh, didn't feel like sleeping. But an impressive performance from Illinois to go down there. Another yeah. team I was impressed by, UCF, the University yeah. of Central Florida. UCF has always been and will always be better than UFC. <laughs> yeah. I strongly agree with that. But in, in, in an homage to UFC, UCF beat the shit out of Clemson. <laughs> Clemson, because it's baseball, did not get to tap out and say, please, please get this team from the American out of our, out of our face. Um, yes, uh, I think uh, very impressive. It's obviously a program that we've seen have a good amount of success. Steve, do you like those, uh, how do you feel about those Saturday uniforms oh, that are rocking the baby they blues? They are so sick. Like, I want to buy one of those. Like, full set. So, Steve. Like, pants and top. The name across... Mm-hmm. The chest is a citronaut. Yep. My question for you, without Googling, what is a citronaut? Well, as many people may know, the University of Central Florida used to be named something else, and they were very good. I don't know what they used to be named, but when they were that old school, they were like really big in the space. They had a good relationship with NASA. Mm. So their original logo was the citronaut, which is orange going to space, which I don't understand that. But I like it. oranges don't need to breathe. It's it's probably one of my favorite things I've seen Florida come up with. Yeah, yeah. Um, big I, win for Florida. I would say uh, we, we we like that a lot. So um, it used to be Florida Tech okay. is the old name of the school, and so the mascot was literally like you should Google this: just a big orange with with a, a ast- head with the with like like a, a head like Astro Boy almost yeah. like an Astro Boy cartoon head and feet. The best part is that this is like 
a paunchy looking orange man mascot. <laughs> like this guy has a gut. I would most right. Like look at this, Steve. It's like an orange with arms and legs and a hat. It's absolutely phenomenal stuff. Just no neck though. That's what I don't get. Oranges uh, don't have necks uh, <laughs> or legs. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, yes. I would say that UCF. They're pretty much always a team that I'm paying attention to mid-major-wise. And now Eric Backage is like, well, shit, man. They are better than Binghamton, who Jake, whooped them in the opening weekend. Jake, be honest with me. Did, did you think I knew that answer? Did you think I was going to come anywhere close? The orange in space? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to get that. But you did, and I absolutely love you for it. GCU... Uh, came back and walked off Ohio State. That atmosphere must have been absolutely Dude, they, they went, I mean, so they, I guess they lost. After beating Tennessee, they lost to Michigan and Michigan State at the end of the, the, you know, the little MLB desert thing. But since then, they've won four in a row. They beat Gonzaga twice and, and Ohio State twice. Zach Gregory, the Arkansas, walk-off, uh, the Arkansas transfer with the walk-off. So, yeah, GCU is, is buzzing. We, we do, you mentioned it when you were watching the GCU-Tennessee game. The highlights are ridiculous. we got to figure out the lighting on these broadcasts. It looks yeah. like they're playing in the dark. It's like how, uh, you know, with Staples Center or at – MSG, how the lighting for the NBA games is like super weird and it's dark in the stands and light on the court. I think that's a um, Barclays Center, especially. It's ridiculously dark. Uh, so that looks fun. Uh, three other series that I wish, again, if I were not was not here watching lovely baseball, I would be on my couch locked into these three series. Vandy versus UCLA, ECU versus UNC, Maryland versus Ole Miss. All of these just seemed like a... Just an incredible time to watch all three of these games. Good ball. Uh, Steve, did you have any takeaways from what you saw from any of the highlights? I mean, I know we're going to talk about a couple of the specific moments in some of these, but ECU showing out. I know they, they certainly have our attention. Yeah, ECU is always going to have my attention. Is it because they have a sick logo? Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, faces the other way, as we learned today. Faces west. Not many logos face west, <clears throat> which, due to your research, it makes we sense found out. as East Carolina. I mean, they are East. So yeah, they but need you, to, there's not much to see. But looking shouldn't it be farther looking east. towards the ocean where the pirates are? Is, is but the they pirate, are the pirates. But the pirate is looking for its friends. Like the, no, the no. ECU pirate is is a landlocked pirate, right? Technically, true. yeah. And so mm. the pirate is either it's not looking inward, westward. Shouldn't be looking westward to it, its fellow pirates who should it should be in a community with or out at sea. But if, if you'll allow me to interject, one thing that we got to think about is as pirates, they love the sea, but they see the sea all the time. <laughs> what they're looking for, they go out to sea, looking for land and treasure. Mm. So that's why I like him facing West. Mm. Plus then he can see all the opponents they're playing. It's right. That's, that's true. That's, there are very the few opponents East of <laughs> East Carolina, exactly. So, so the, if you go to ECU and you have thoughts on the east-west direction of the Pirate, tweet at Steve, I guess. Uh, but yeah, they won two games against UNC. Vandy UCLA was back and forth. Vandy ended up uh, eking out that series. Talk about some blue bloods. Yes, and then um, Maryland Ole Miss. That one got a little a little heated. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Steve, you went to UVA, right? Yeah, I went to Virginia, yeah. Why don't they play baseball teams that early in the season? Well, they, they do. They play teams. There's nine other guys. They aren't always the best teams, but that's because, look, when scheduling as a coach or as an athletic director, there's different routes you can go. You can challenge a team early on, which I like doing that if you have an older team, like a lot of veterans. So you play other really good teams. Or if you have 
a newer team that you aren't sure how they're going to mesh, they're young. You uh, <laughs> you play. What do you do? You, you open the, you open the season against Navy, Ohio, UNCW, Longwood, three against Columbia, and then coming up this week we got VMI midweek, and then four against Rhode Island. No, no shade to these programs, but it's a slightly different approach than going to play Ole Miss or one of these preseason tournaments. Uh, it is certainly, I would say, Tempur-Pedic soft. <laughs> yeah, but. It as a schedule, on. not as an approach. I no, I understand. And uh, one of the things that's beneficial, it really helps out the smaller schools. Because, one, the smaller schools are getting exposure. But also, a lot of the times, the athletic department will, from UVA will have to pay these schools to sure. travel down and all this stuff and play us. So, it's kind of like, hey, this might not be your favorite weekend. But your school's getting some money. And you're getting it's experience. Little, right. you it's get, like, you know, I don't, Western Michigan. Come on, boys. We're heading down to Baton Rouge. I don't think you it's... You're going to get your ass beat, but we need it for the football My program. understanding yeah. is it's not quite as lucrative as the football teams that can be to come down no. and get their ass kicked with 72 to nothing. But it's a good point. And Columbia gave them a battle today for seven innings, and then they didn't. They allowed nine unearned runs in the bottom of the eighth. Which, I don't know if that's some sort of record, but uh, you don't see that every day. That's probably like uh, had two outs, nobody on, error, and then all the runs after that are unearned. But I think that that's a dumb baseball thing. That's (laughs) that's not as fun of a way to think about it. That's true. You're thinking like yakety sounds. They made some mistakes in that inning, but they're going to be just fine because they're at Columbia. Uh, speaking of, hopefully they'll be just fine. Oh, God. Baylor. Fuck mm. you. We ball. Baylor. <laughs> if you recall our uh, hashtag discussion during our Big 12 preview, Jake offered the um, uh, improvement to the... I think it's just Go Bears. Yeah. It, Jake was just trying to hype up the Baylor Bears coming into this year. We knew it would maybe be a bit of a transition season. They went on over to Duke and lost uh, three games by a combined score of 52-7. to seven. That's not going to get the job done. I know pitching is not super awesome right now in college baseball, particularly in certain conferences, but that's just not – we don't like that. So let's be maybe stopping the other team from scoring. Instead of fuck you, we ball, fuck you, we'll throw balls. We'll <laughs> throw balls. Um, Eastern Illinois beat Arkansas on Sunday. Very cool. Again, that's another one. I believe that was, of course, at Arkansas. Of course, that was at Arkansas. Arkansas is not going to Eastern Illinois. Um, in February. But that was a very impressive. I'm sure they enjoyed that. Um, and then William and Mary put up 33 today. Is yeah, that my Marist had a rough weekend. Friday night, William and Mary scored 16 against them. Saturday night, or yeah, Saturday evening, William and Mary scored 10. Ooh, and then today, oh, to end no. it, 33 runs. Which, that's a lot of runs. Oh, Marist has allowed so many runs. Uh, all right, well, like hopefully... S- like Steve after <laughs> food poisoning. Hopefully they can... God, Marist doesn't play a home game until April 4th. April 4th? <laughs> April 4th. Yeah. They're just... Oh, all right. It's probably like, like 12 degrees for them, too. Yeah, and they've already had tro- travel trouble where yeah. they got stuck in the Los Angeles airport. Half of them went to after, see... Oh, them. right. After at, South, the, at USC. Yeah, so... All right. Well, they got they're they're heading to East Tennessee State, and they got Florida International, and they got Towson, Davidson, Rhode Island, Quinnipiac, 
um, before opening at home against the Great Danes of Albany on April 4th. So good luck to Marist. Uh, we hope you can get a win here soon. Now, there are still 15 teams around college baseball that are undefeated as of recording. A couple of these are still in action as we talk to you now. But we want to give a shout out to these 15 teams who have not lost. The 72 Dolphins, the only undefeated team ever in any sport. I guess uh, with, with that's, that's not totally true. But. No, the, uh, the 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 what's the Arsenal team? They're like the Indefeatables. Oh, oh the, yes, the Invincibles, invincibles right? The Indefeatables. <laughs> there are probably also some. I know some some lower level softball teams that have yeah. definitely gone undefeated. The Lunchables. Yeah, everyone can remember them. So here are the fifteen teams: Georgia Tech, UVA, who has <laughs> playing high school teams, NC State, Wake, Texas Tech. Cal State Northridge is 4-0-1, as is San Diego. Isn't that undefeated? I think Northridge is playing right now. They just started their game. So we'll see. But okay, who else? They're not only winny, but yeah. they are not defeated. <laughs> DBU, Moorhead State, Alabama, South Carolina, Troy. Shouts out to Gabrielle. Uh, App State, Lamar. And Massachusetts. Now, Massachusetts is undefeated and winless because weather has precluded them from playing a single game. They are 0-0. But those are the 15 teams. Steve, most likely to finish the year undefeated. Who you got? UVA. That was a dumb question. Yeah. Uh, I went to two that, of those schools. That, that was a dumb question. I went to two of those schools. Uh, wow, that's amazing. That was a dumb question, although based on the um, schedules, they might be undefeated the longest. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. Um, let's just remember... Tennessee, I guess they, but they lost early because they lost uh, they against lost Texas. They lost that game. Yeah, they lost. Well, oh, that was later. But their first loss of the oh, season yeah. was earlier against Texas. So I can't remember who was. I guess Purdue, right? Wasn't Purdue like the, yeah. the, the undefeated team last year? They were like 15, 14, and 0. So got a few more weeks. We'll keep an eye on these these undefeated teams, um, and we'll see We'll see how it goes. The Boilermakers turned out to be Purdue-do. Uh, the big <laughs> moments from around the college baseball world highlights that made Steve go, oh, my God. It's not easily done. That is a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's very easily done. You want me to go ahead and get into this? We can start off with number one. Enrique Bradfield Jr. got caught stealing. Man. End yeah. of an era. Never thought I'd see the day. 46-46 last year. I don't know how many he had to start this season. He still ended up getting, the, I believe, the, the Vandy um, franchise record. Franchise record. <laughs> School record. <laughs> Same thing. Um, I mean, honestly, Vandy? That's a, that's, that's a franchise. Um, so he got caught. But hey. Salute to UCLA catcher Darius Perry, uh, the pitcher Alonzo Treadwell. Darius Perry also homered in that game on Saturday, so that might be the greatest game ever played by a catcher. Incredible. Catching Enrique Bradfield and hitting a home run. So, shouts out to him, but uh, Enrique, we love you, and just it's not going to stop him from running. He's only, I, Hopefully, this motivates him to just run even more, because now it's like, oh, I already got caught once. Fuck it. I'll just go every time. <laughs> um, so, that would be great. Uh, what, any, anything else on Bradfield, or we can move to Maryland? No, we can move to Maryland. Okay. Um, so, again, really entertaining series. Uh, today got a little spicy. We had a big homer from TJ McCants. The Maryland catcher, uh, Luke Schlager, was not particularly happy about that. And so he gave him a little Brian McCann bark bark uh, as uh, McCants was rounding the bases. This ended up getting way out of hand. Maryland bullpen, terrible. Calvin Harris hits a walk-off run rule. Grand Slam, which uh, we love to see. Um, and uh, that was it. That was the ball game. First things first, obviously. Listen, I... I come on. Uh, Maryland hit 5 billion homers last year. I'm sure at one point you probably pimped one of them. So I know it's not fun to, to give up homers, but like... 
come on, guys. We, we can I, do better than that. I agree with you. Yeah. However, in the heat of competition, yeah, no, I was about to follow it up. Embarrasses you. There, I get it. It's understandable to chirp back, and and I, and for the yeah. for the people on the field who are, I, it's true. I'm, I, I can be more patient on that. The, the the worst is the actual fans who are like mad at the play. That's insane, right? See, Obviously, did, that's insane. Did you ever do that? Like, it's I understand. You will probably say if you give up a bomb, then you got to deal with the consequences, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, it's just don't give up fucking news. Yeah, but I know you were pretty good in college. You didn't give up that many homers, but like you did give up some home runs. Yeah, believe I remember or one of them for sure. But uh, what? But uh, <laughs> you're thinking. You're thinking University of Albany, UMBC, April seventh, twenty seventeen, right? Yes. If you that right on that, that's incredible. <laughs> tell me. No, tell that's me about that. Entirely one. made up. What happened on that one? No, it was a real home run. They had this big catcher, and I threw a pitch, and he just hit a rocket off his foot. And whenever someone did that, I like to throw inside again because <laughs> most of the I, I would assume your as brain. a hitter, I'd be like, I don't want to do that again because that hurt. It took like a minute for him to get back up and he sat on it and hit it into the woods at umbc uh our fence you, was 287 he hit it about 290 i'd say did you yell at him homer's a homer no i didn't i just struck out his friends okay and but but the point is did you ever yell at uh no opposing? okay yeah no because i got other shit to do i got to get right. the ball back i got to think about Hey, exactly. maybe I don't make that pitch to this next guy. Exactly, exactly. I and, only yelled um, at an opposing player once, but it was not after I allowed a home run. It was after I beat them. I, I yelled, have a great summer. Oh, that's a nice thing to yell. Can um, you actually write that in my Round Rock Classic Media Guide? Your book? Yeah. <laughs> I'll hit you with the hags. Uh, let's talk about the Tennessee bat flip after reviews. <laughs> Speaking of yelling at hitters, Jake Kendro of the Vols. Hit a home run that was right down the line. It was ruled foul. They looked at it on replay, and they overturned it. He picked up the bat and then flipped it and then ran around the bases. I give this an 11 out of 10. Yeah, I'm all for that. I think that was just a hilarious move. It's like when Michael Morse hit that home run mm-hmm. a while back. Exact same situation. It was, yes, getting to run the bases multiple times. Uh, is, is Or I guess in this case only once, but after. I mean, the, the thing they did, he stepped back in the box and took a fake swing and then flipped it. I love this because Jake Kendro, a freshman, you can imagine last year was watching Tennessee being like, oh my God, I cannot wait to be on this team and play and hit a home run and bat. Like he's been thinking about this for a while now. And so he was, because he was, the moment was kind of ruined by, who knows how much Jake, I mean, I'm sure he's very talented, but he's like, no way, I'm not waiting. Listen, I should have done it the first time around and you told me it was foul. So I am going to do this. This is, I came to Tennessee so that I could do this. Does it look ridiculous up by whatever a million against Dayton in the eighth inning? Of course it does. But that's what they do at Tennessee. And he's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So uh, it was hilarious. So sorry to Dayton, but that was tough. Uh, very funny. Jake Kendrow, we totally understand. Anything else, Steve, or you want to move on to players that caught our attention? <clears throat> we can move on to players that caught our attention. Uh, let's talk about one of the craziest individual performances in quite some time. Steve, tell me about what Northern Kentucky's Liam McFadden-Ackman did today. Um, so in today's game, it started in the first inning. That's when most games start. Um, he what a had, sentence. He had two at-bats in this first inning. The first one resulted in a grand slam, which is a four-run homer, as some people would call it. And then he came up again in the same inning with the bases juiced once more. And he hit yet another four-run home run. It was awesome. 
And then as the game went on, you're like, yeah, that's really cool, Liam McFadden Ackman. Like, you hit two grand slams, but what else have you done today, really? So in the fourth inning, he uh, he was a single away from the cycle, which I believe he completed in the fifth inning. And then if that wasn't enough, he got on the mound and threw a perfect game right out. He didn't do that. <laughs> but that's the only other thing he could have done, I think. Yeah, could have thrown him out there for an inning. I don't know if I've ever seen this. Um, and listen, it seems like it's been a tough start to the year for the Western Michigan Broncos. They had their first two starters. Their first two pitchers, neither of them gotten out. That's, I mean, you know, some guys, you know, get on the mound and, and don't get an out. But normally the next guy can get one out. That was not the case for the Broncos. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a ridiculous five or six, ten RBIs in for the for, cycle by the middle of the game. Just amazing stuff. For, for reference for us people who do not play college baseball, this would be like if you had a family day where you were taken to the bowling alley and to mini golf, and you bowled a 300 and then shot an 18. That's what Liam McFadden Ackman <laughs> did today. Um, How'd but, you shoot? <laughs> 18 of them. 27 runs on 19 hits. Um, that's uh, 12 walks for the for the for the Norse offense. Uh, very impressive stuff. Uh, let's move on. Let's stick with the offense here. Jack Caglianone um, at uh, Florida, a freshman sensation. All right, is he freshman sensation or is he a sophomore? He's a sensation. Because he, he, I think he under, got Tommy under, John. Younger sensation. Yeah, yeah, underclassman. Three homers. All of them were hit ridiculously hard. And he also threw 97. We, we kind of talked about, you know, talking about Nolan McClain in terms of the, oh, he's a two-way, he's a Otani, right? And I said, that's ridiculous, obviously. But the physical tools where you can hit the ball almost as hard as anybody and throw the ball almost as hard as anybody, true for Nolan McClain and apparently true for Jack Caglianone, and he definitely has my attention. Florida, uh, Hurston Waldrop was amazing also. I need, to, I need to watch. It seems like I need to watch them play. I've not watched a second of them yet, and I think next weekend I'm going to have to change that. It seems that that is going to be a must, must, must watch. Um, Steven. Jack. Anything on Jack Caglianone? Yeah. I, I'm not certain how to pronounce the last name, so I'm not going to. I'm just going to call him Jack, Jack as if we're friends. Jack C, um, yeah. But – he hit a home run 118 miles an hour today. Yeah. Which, if you don't think the balls are juice, do you guys are, do you guys know who Giancarlo Stanton is? Yes. Giancarlo, yeah, I know who yeah. Giancarlo. Stanton. I'm familiar. Look, I was better when it was Mike Stanton. I like how you were like, I'm not going to pronounce Jack Caglioni, but here's Giancarlo Caglioni. Oh wow. See, Caglioni. Let this be a lesson. You both, you both got it. Right. Caglioni. Caglioni. Caglianone. Yeah, I'm, Let I'm the, 99% sure. Okay. Jack, but tell us, tell us we're wrong. It's fine. That's tough because it's like, it's like Caglianone looks Italian. It's, it's six of Jack C. It's fine. We, know, we all know who we're talking he about. He hit a ball really hard. And Giancarlo Stanton, <laughs> who like holds records for hitting baseballs hard, I don't know his hardest, but his max is like 119 off the bat. I, I believe it's... Yes, it's it's like 121. But the point is, is the balls are juiced. The fact that we've already seen multiple players hit multiple baseballs over 115 is is not possible. And even with metal bats, um, but it's fun. 
Do you think we <laughs> could cool. get Griffin Dorshing to come back? Just I mean, for we one saw year? he had some. This like, would be fun. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's, that seems like your job. There's a few. Um, yeah, come on, you make some calls. Uh, call. I wanted to shout out a couple more. Coleman Picard at Bryant struck out 15 against Virginia Tech. I love this one because I ne- no one had ever heard of this guy. And this is the kind of start. If you are coming from a small school and you go on the road and you make a top 25 team look terrible, you literally are just making tens of thousands of dollars with every strikeout, which is just a very cool thing to do <laughs> for, for these random adventure guys. Yeah, it's really fun watching people like who aren't going to be rich and they yeah, have watching one baseball them make- game, and it's like, wow. <laughs> now they might be, be loaded. Now they, now they might be rich. That's like you in the Dippin' Dots interview. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, whoa, he is about to get not paid. Spoiler alert, not rich. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to make a donation to the Stephen Shock pays for a wedding fund you can venmo him at steven uh i just need to shout out two more players then we could end this podcast the first is jake tyser i'm just going to take my victory lap now he already has six home runs leading the country or at least tied with adam cesaria of wake forest old dominion is just launching him out of the yard and i am loving it i just (laughs) i'm so happy that jake tyser is going to be a thing we need to get the Old Dominion broadcast. What the hell's going on? We're getting these like sh- crappy cell phone camera of, of these homers. Can we get a real broadcast? Justin Verlander, donate like Please. 0.001% Please. of your career earnings. Can we yeah. get? I, I, it's ridiculous that I need I, to. I will say I do appreciate the fans who do capture it. Please, at least let's keep the, the camera the rolling for Jake Tyser. Uh, Vinny P. Our man Vinny, Vinny P, man, maybe the Royals will give him a nice little extension piece, and he can he can go get the broadcast up and running at Old Dominion. So I just would like to see the, but it's also kind of adding to the legend where it's like Jake Tice, because again he's six seven two fifty. Like I want to see what this fucking looks like. It's like Bigfoot. <laughs> when when they move into conference play, they will be streaming yes. their games. Okay, from great. my understanding. Okay, so. hashtag sources. Appreciate that. Last guy I need a shout out. I'm so using, excited about this. They're going to be using Flomax. <laughs> Uh, Jake, this is someone who you brought uh, his attention or my attention to him before the season during our mid-major preview. You talked about, you talked to Mike Rooney about a certain player that you were very excited about. Do you remember a couple players, but do you remember one of them? There was one of them in particular that I'm very excited to tell you about how his season has begun. Do Please you, tell me. Do you remember about Rhett Rosevear? What do you What do you remember about Rhett Rosevear? Hit by pitch god, right? Okay, so he led D1 in hit by pitches last year with 37 and 61 games for Southeastern Louisiana. So I was like, oh, I wonder how I wonder how he's doing. I wonder how Rhett Rosevear is doing. Well, he right now has I think my favorite triple slash line I've ever seen, even early in the season. So he has played in eight games for the uh, Southeastern Louisiana Lions. He has come to the plate, I believe, uh, like 35 times, maybe 36 times. Steve, how many times do you think he's been hit so far in eight, he's been hit. In eight games? How many times has he been hit? What do you think? I think five would be an outlier. That's a lot. Number. Yeah, what do you think? I would say seven. Okay. He's been hit 10 times, and he's he's drawn 12 walks in addition to that with just two hits, (laughs) which means this man has an OBP, I believe, over 700 and is hitting 133. That is... Someone call Brad Pitt. Get this guy This is... (laughs) When we say he gets on base... We are talking about Rhett Rosevear. I don't need you hitting the ball. He had, he has two hits. 
He has reached base via other ways 22 <laughs> times. Is he like flashing the pitcher his junk <laughs> to distract like, him? I just, what does this look like? This is another thing I need to, I need to, to tap in to maybe go back to the ESPN Plus broadcast. Just incredible stuff. It, I'm so uh, I'm going to be locking in for for Red Rosevear's uh, play appearances for the rest of the season. It just doesn't make sense because you think about it, hit by pitch is completely out of the hitter's control. Like you can't really influence uh, that. Yeah. We talked about I mean, it when we talked chirp, about it last time. You can, like you can lean over, but ten times in eight yeah, games, but you're you would get, think someone make an adjustment. Hey, hey, stay right here. Stay right here. That's the See, other thing that's, that's why, amazing about this. That's why it's impressive because you got to at least try to move. So he's the best damn actor. You have Brad Pitt call him to act, but he must Acting be like doing. Moving. He must be doing something just ridiculous to to then also draw ten walks. In addition to 10 hit by pitch, sorry, 12 walks. In addition to 10 hit by pitch. Rhett Rosevere, you're my hero. All right. That's it. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. Anything Uh, else we need to say? Well, Um, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure going to do this in person with you. Yeah. Throwing down lobby beers. Thank you guys for doing it in person with me. It's been a lot of fun. You're a good guy, man. You guys are good guys. I'm going to miss you guys. Uh, we will be back certainly next Sunday night uh, for Monday. Maybe we'll do some other content at some point. Probably not this week, but we'll see. Uh, we'll keep. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Might have to do our other job at some point. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been super great. All the support you guys have been. People uh, all weekend, I mean, saying saying they love the pod means a lot. Uh, saying Steve, that, they, that Steve's the guy from Twitter. Steve, I'm all, I follow you on Twitter. You're like, that's probably why you flag me down in the first place okay look yeah sure they may follow me on twitter but for what maybe a year we got guys coming up to both of you you guys are selling yourself short this guy is like i watched you in sixth grade (laughs) actually someone was talking to me about the first thing they ever saw from the cespedes family barbecue was jake on draft day switching shirts for each and every team. yes we need just, to find just that video. in case yes that was we will we will we will find that video but steve i know you will probably pass this in twitter followers possibly by the end of the season as yeah. you're almost at a 90k uh but no just remember just remember where you came from remember the little guy okay <laughs> shut your mouth uh, oh, thank you, God. Steve. Steve, close us out. And well, thank go. you to all the other people D one baseball. Oh for my God! Us out. Oh yeah, my God. yeah. Um, thank you, Mike Rooney. Thank you, Ben McDonald, for being here. Yes, we thank saw you. Kendall Rogers very briefly. Aaron Fit was not here, but Kyle Peterson, Kendall Rogers, Chris Burke, all these people were incredible. All the people here at Dell Diamond. Um, thank you to all the fine folks who organized the Carbach Round Rock Classic. They were super nice. Shouts out to George and Matt who were keeping us locked in all weekend long. There's only like one or two people who pissed me off this weekend, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, this was super fun. And, uh, and we will, yeah. And big thank you to Jason Barfield. Oh, that guy, God. absolute Back. gem of a human. I can't, I can't go without mentioning Jason him. Barfield, the radio broadcaster for the Sam Houston State, Houston State, Houston, Sam Houston Sam. Tiger. Bearcat, Sam Houston. With a K. Sam. With a K. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will, Steve, finish the podcast. Say something. We'll, we'll talk to you later. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>